this is John, and welcome to my mini little podcast today. I'm looking at Matthew's cha- Matthew chapters 19 and 20, Mark 10 and Luke 18, but probably I'm just going to spend my time in the parables. I'm going to be reading a little bit from my book of Pigs, Pearls, and Prodigals, a book I wrote about the parables that was published in, let's see, 2010. I just love the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, and especially Elder Jeffrey R. Holland's talk about that, that he gave in the April 2012 General Conference. But I'd like to, to share some extra things with you that I find really fascinating. First, let's look at the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. About the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why stand ye here all day idle? (laughs) They said, Because no man hath hired us. He saith, Go ye also into the vineyard, whatsoever is right that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. When they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. When they had received it, they murmured against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour. Thou hast made them equal unto us which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. And heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give them to this last even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So, last verse of the parable, The last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, but few chosen. Now, you'll remember that preceding this parable in Matthew 19, there was the rich young ruler who asked how he could obtain eternal life, and Jesus told him to keep the commandments and sell all that he had and follow him. And the young man went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. Remember that? So, it's in this context that Peter seems to be saying, well, what about us? We've forsaken all and followed what do we get. And Jesus answered and said, Everyone that hath forsaken houses, brother and sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So to further illustrate that idea, the first being last and the last first, Jesus spoke this parable. And be sure to keep in mind this is not about fair employment practices, labor laws, or the principle of equal pay for equal work. This is about the kingdom of God. It's about spiritual things. Now, first of all, the first labors, he said, a penny a day. And a penny is a Roman denarius, which was the usual wage for one day's work. And this was the agreed upon wage for those who were hired early in the morning. And others were hired the third, sixth, and ninth hour. So 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, and the ninth hour, 3 p.m. So why did the householder keep coming back? Okay, this is interesting. 
in Donald and David Perry's book, Understanding the Parables. They said grapes were valued for their sugar content, and if they were harvested too late, they would be worth less to the owner of the vineyard. So there was a sense of urgency in gathering the harvest quickly. And note also, those who were hired first were promised a penny, but the others were told, whatsoever is right, I will give you. So they went into the vineyard just kind of trusting that the householder would be fair. But he went back and hired more. Some were hired, in fact, the 11th hour, spent only one hour, and were also told, I'll pay you whatsoever is right. So when the evening arrived, and it was time to settle the accounts, those who were hired last were paid first, which is unusual, but it reinforces the last shall be first point. And what's more, they were paid a full day's wage. And the others that worked all day felt like they had been wronged. And notice they only felt this way when they looked sideways, started comparing. And the householder said, Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? The issue would likely have never come up had they been the only ones hired. It was only when they saw others who didn't work as long get the same pay that they were upset. So the question, is thine eye evil because I am good, has also been translated, are you envious because I am generous? That's in the NIV. Obviously, generosity is a desirable trait while envy is not. And that's when the Lord concludes the parable by saying, so the last shall be first and the first last for many be called but few chosen. And you'll notice this parable is preceded by and concluded with the same idea, the last being first and the first last. So that's Matthew 19.30 and Matthew 20, verse 16. An additional insight is given in the JST in the Mark 10 account. The JST adds to Mark 10.31, but there are many who make themselves first that shall be last and the last first. This he said, rebuking Peter. Okay, so first of all, what I think is fascinating about this is, or one of the things I find interesting about this is if, if in Salt Lake City, where I live, if I go down to the Home Depot on about 3rd West and 21st South, right by the freeway exit and on right there, there are literally men standing around. And pickup trucks will come up and somebody will say, I need some sod removed or I need some bushes trimmed or I need something and they'll barter and jump in the truck and go do work. It's interesting to me this same thing happens today. Another statement from Understanding the Parables book by Jay and Donald Perry, I think I said David Perry, I meant J.A. Perry and Donald W. Perry, they said, it was customary for landowners to hire temporary seasonal workers to help with tasks on their farms. Potential laborers would gather in a central place hoping to be hired for the day. They would contract to work for one day at a time or a part of the day. Their work lacked the security of an ongoing job, but they were anxious to obtain whatever work they could. The day's work typically lasted 12 hours, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and the standard pay for such labor was one penny or one denarius. So I just find that interesting. Same thing today. Go down to Home Depot and you will you will see day laborers standing there waiting to be hired. And I like that. 
in the text. Why stand ye here all day idle? Well, nobody hired us. Oh, okay, well, hop in the truck. Let's go. So one of the things I also find interesting here is the comparison is what brought the problem. In Alma chapter 29, verses 14 through 16, I'm editing a little bit, Alma the Younger saw his brethren's missionary success. Alma the Younger went to Zarahemla and basically did reactivation and to Gideon. But the sons of Mosiah, Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni, went to the land of Nephi where the Lamanites were. It's called the land of Nephi, but the Nephites had to leave eventually. So it's, the Lamanites are in a place called the land of Nephi. It's one of those where you have to understand the storyline to make sense of it. But this is what Alma says when he sees the joy of his brethren, starting in verse 14 of Alma 29. I do not joy in my own success alone. My joy is more full because of the success of my brethren. They have labored exceedingly, have brought forth much fruit. How great shall be their reward. Now when I think of the success of these my brethren, my soul is carried away even to the separation of it from the body as it were. So great is my joy. So... (laughs) Imagine him being so happy that others had success. That is a good model for us to to follow. Instead of looking sideways, how come you got more than I did type of a thing? It's one of those where we have to get to a maturity where we can say, genuinely say, good for you. I'm happy for you. Now, another parable in today's lesson is today's come follow me, you know, order of, of lessons is in Luke 18. And this is the Pharisee and the publican. And Jesus speaks of their prayers. This is Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. He spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Notice how far his prayer got. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I'm going to emphasize the pronouns. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus continues, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So in my little parables book, I made a graph of the Pharisee's prayer and the publican's prayer. The Pharisee expresses, not a graph, a table. So here's column one, Pharisee. Row one expresses gratitude that he's not as other men. Column one, row two enumerates his works, fasting and tithing, as if to put God in his debt. Column one, row three. The Pharisee is self-justified, self-sufficient, needs nothing. Column 1, row 4, prays about himself with pride. Column 1, row 5, looks up in pride. He looks up, which is not usually the way we pray today anyway. We don't usually look up. We bow our head. Column 1, row 6, his prayer is 34 words, and five of them are I. And one of them is God. So he's praying about himself a lot. He's telling God how awesome he is. (laughs) The publican's prayer, here we go, column two. If you want to reproduce this, row one, 
expresses sorrow for his sins. Row two, acknowledges his sins, his debt to God. Row three, is in need of mercy. By contrast, the other self-justified, self-sufficient, the Pharisee is. He prays about himself with humility. He looks down in humility. And the publican's prayer is seven words, one of which is God, and one personal pronoun, me. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And you know, what this reminds me of is the Book of Mormon, Zoramites. The prayer of the Pharisees is similar, at least in attitude, to the prayer of the rich Zoramites on the Ramiumtum. And in Alma 31, 17, they said, Thou hast elected us, that we shall be saved, whilst all around us are elected to be cast by thy wrath down to hell. For the which holiness, O God, we thank thee. Interestingly, later in Alma chapter 38, Alma told his son Shiblon, Do not say, O God, I thank thee that we are better than our brethren, but rather say, O Lord, forgive my unworthiness and remember my brethren in mercy. Yea, acknowledge your unworthiness before God at all times. So, Alma is saying, is warning against that type of prayer. I'm so grateful I'm better than my brethren. Now, sometimes we might pray and in gratitude about our blessings, but gratitude is kind of a twin of humility because you realize things are coming to you that you didn't deserve. Instead of, I'm glad I'm not like them, it's like, Heavenly Father, you bless me with these opportunities. Help me to be worthy of it. And it doesn't mean that we're better than other people. It probably means we're a lot more accountable than other people because we've been given such blessings. Now, one last thing from the Talmud. What's the Talmud? The Talmud is a collection of rabbinical discussions concerning Jewish law, ethics, history, and philosophy that was compiled in the first centuries after Christ. And what I'm going to read is a prayer recorded in the Babylonian Talmud, originally uttered by Rabbi Nedhunya ben Hakana in about 70 AD. I give thanks to thee, O Lord my God, that thou hast set my portion with those who sit in the Beth HaMidrash, which is the house of learning. Thou hast not set my portion with those who sit in street corners. For I rise early, and they rise early, but I rise early for words of Torah, and they rise early for frivolous talk. I labor and they labor, but I labor and receive a reward and they labor and do not receive a reward. I run, and they run, but I run to the life of the future world, and they run to the pit of destruction. So that's a little bit scary, because that sounds a lot like the Pharisee's prayer. And this is, like I said, the Babylonian Talmud 172. I actually found it on a website called www.com-and-here.com slash B-E-R-A-K-O-T-H, Barakoth, slash B-E-R-A-K-O-T-H, underscore 28, dot H-T-M-L. Anyway, this is also in my book of Pigs, Pearls, and Prodigals on page 206. But I found that was interesting because that's a, that's a temptation to say, I'm so glad my life is like this and that I get it and everybody else doesn't. When in fact, it just makes us more accountable. The Lord is going to hold us more accountable for what we know and then what we do with it. 
and ought to fill us with gratitude and humility instead of, of pride. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you today. Two wonderful parables, the labors in the vineyard and the parable of the Pharisee and the publican and how we ought to pray. Thanks for joining me and we'll talk to you next time.